What's good, guys? Welcome to another Beyond the DMs episode here on 520 Collective. Make sure you check out 520collective.com where we cover uh, a lot of indie Christian news and hip hop. So, you know, make sure you're checking that out as it updates on a regular basis. I know it's been a minute since we've been here on Beyond the DMs. I am Eric Boston. You can hit me up on Twitter at Eric Boston 3. That's at Eric Boston in the number three. And yeah, man, joining me on the 520 Collective phone line today, um, artist, founder of Streetlight Sounds, um, just a overall great dude, man, for real. I'm excited to have Jay Crum on the podcast with me. What's going on, sir? What's happening, man? Blessed to be here. Yeah, man. No, I, I'm I'm super excited. You know, like one thing about you, man, and I, I've told you before is um, just seeing the way that you work and your grind. It's inspiring, right? You know, you have a lot of people that um, feel like they don't get a seat at the table, right? And I think you've kind of said that before. Um, and, and whenever that's the case, you know, a lot of people like to say, "Well, let's just go make our own table." Uh, not everyone always does, though. It's like. Um, you know, it's a good little soundbite, maybe. Uh, but what you did is you went out and you got the supplies, and then you got the tools, and you start putting that table together. And you didn't just sit down at it; you invited other people to to gather around as well, man. Um, you know, spe- specifically talking about streetlight sound, but just watching the way that you interact with um, other artists as well. Like, talk a little bit about that, man. Like, what has What's kind of just happened for you um, to get you to where you are today? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I think uh, I think a lot of trying things and failing. That's probably <laughs> that's probably what got me here. Um, I believe that um, if you can't afford to fail, that. Uh, you're not creative enough, creative enough to begin with, right? And so um, I think a lot of things, uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of uh, artists especially are afraid to fail, right? And so because they're afraid to fail, that also comes with being afraid to try, you know? And uh, I think early on I learned that um, failure isn't something that you have to be afraid of. You know what I mean? And so uh, for me, man, I tried just a bunch of stuff that didn't stick. Um, I, you know, I, um, you know, I went through several different phases of just figuring out things and everything. And um, I took all the things that worked for me and put it together. Um, so that's why, like, I think one of the compliments I uh, I get the most is like, man, it feels like this guy came out of nowhere. Really it's never that right right it's never where a person just comes out of nowhere and you know you know man like he you know like i'm i'm like one of the only people you people would say as a freshman but they also call me og you know what i mean because of the way that i carry myself i think a lot of that comes from man like i just lived a lot of life man tried a bunch of stuff failed at a bunch of stuff and you know um we found some things that stuck and and, uh so that's where we're at now yeah, so um, as far as Jay Crumb, the artist, like, what what kind of music do you think, or do you tell people that 
you make because i mean obviously you're connected to the christian hip-hop space but that can you know especially as of late man that can be a little polarizing i know you know you've made the comment um and and i actually want to unpack this a little bit if you don't mind um yeah of course you've made the the comment like i hate it here and i don't think that a lot of people really understand what you're meaning by that so i guess just two-part question one start uh, you know what do you mean whenever you say you hate it here in connection to chh um but then also where does that leave you as an artist when someone first you know finds jay crumb like what kind of an artist are you right right um so let me answer the the initial first question i i think when it comes to what i tell people um i tell people i'm i'm a hip-hop artist but um i don't i don't ever push i'm not i'm not pushing back when someone says, oh, you're CHH or you're Christian rap or you're whatever. Um, because honestly, like, you can say all you want to say as far as, like, what you are. People are going to call you what they feel anyway, right? We saw that. We've seen that happen over and over. Like, even with the credit, oh, don't call me CHH. All right, like, you're CHH. We still, <laughs> we still right. like, all the CHH places are still booking you. You get like you still get booked at all the Christian festivals and churches and all that stuff like that. So like, Dude, uh, the, the, the so CHH fans want to claim the people that really legitimately do not want to yeah. be here if they're good. You know, really, like, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just a thing where it's like, yo, like I I'm not I you're gonna call it what you're gonna call it, right? Like it's whatever. I'm 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 not so concerned with the label anymore um i will say when i talk about like the things that frustrate me about the the, the space right i uh, there's there are uh, i've experienced a lot of trauma here just to keep it like a buck right like, yeah as as um as a black man um who feels how I feel about certain things. Like I've been, um, I've been gaslighted. I've been told that, um, I'm just, uh, uh, me and my people are just a bunch of violent, you know, offenders. And, um, when we talk about the, you know, the rate of which we're being killed by police, um, we're, we're having, you know, uh, racist concepts thrown back in our face, like black on black crime, um, things like that. Because like, uh, it, it, it's just frustrating because it's like, yo, you can, you, you, you want to take the art, you want to take the culture, you want to take the, the, uh, you want to put people who look like, you know, cause the majority of, of Christian hip hop fans, I, I would say right now, you could probably say are, are white, right? Which is fine. I don't have a problem with that. But the thing is, um, when you start having biases that lean towards people who look like you, right, or believe like you, or think like you, or grew up like you, um, which we all, which everyone has, but when it goes unchecked, we begin to see uh, when an artist who's been giving you music their entire life that you love and enjoy starts speaking on their experience, and then you say you know, uh, no, you guys are just, you know, you got some people in your, in your, you know, in your family or in your, 
um, history or, or in your community that are animals. You know what I mean? Like I've literally seen people say things like that. Um, and so when I talk about man, like I really don't like it here at times or I hate it here or whatever. Um, it's usually moments like that to where it's like, oh man, like, like there was a guy who was able to get on Twitter, call out a bunch of God over money people and then say the N-word at the end. You know what I mean? And like for for him to feel safe enough to even say that, right? Or feel secure enough to be like, oh yeah, this is okay. Shows me how rampant that mindset uh, is within, you know, here. And, and I'm not saying like that's not anywhere else, but because it's such a small pool, right? Everything gets amplified, right? Well, and um, I think you want so, you, you like, expect it to be you expect it to be different whenever you're talking about right, a space that exactly um, you know puts puts Christ you know at the front of it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone's unreasonable for expecting more out of out of the space, you know, um, when it comes to, to things like that. So, uh, so yeah, so it, it's frustrating when, like, man, all I all I want to do is be, you know, valued like like other people are you know what i mean like like the people that look like you are you know but right right you know it is what it is so one thing i appreciate about you and especially whenever it comes to these topics man is that um you're accessible man and you're willing to talk to people um even if it's like like you said, some, someone like me that's on the other side of it. And these conversations, I feel like, need to take place. And people need to be interacting with someone like you. Uh, you know, you and I have talked on these conversations before because I think it comes down to a matter of, you know, they are somewhat sensitive topics. And, and sometimes, you know, if we don't want to, you know, offend the other side, but we need to figure this stuff out, right? I mean... Um, let's just look at that a little bit. Like, uh, how can, cause if we're really going to say we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but I may look different than you and no doubt that my experiences are different than your experiences. How do we bridge that gap to where there's not this just kind of awkwardness, I guess, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think, I think, uh, I think we got to listen to each other, right? I think we got to listen to each other. I think we need to be empathetic. Um, I think, um, we need to not negate a person's experience. Um, and I think oftentimes that's what happens, right? Um, to where, uh, well, listen, I'm not, I'm not in this conversation to listen to you. I'm not in this conversation to understand. I'm not in this conversation to figure out anything. I'm in this, I was, I'm in this conversation to prove to you all the reasons why I think you're wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so regardless of what you think, regardless of how you feel, regardless of what you've experienced, I read somewhere that this is what's happening. And so, because of that, I'm going to negate all the things you're saying and say what I've read and what I believe because I read. You know what I mean? 
Um, and I think, uh, I don't think that's love. You know what I mean? Um, and so I see we gotta, we gotta do better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, let's just put it out there. You got, um, you know, the national media, if we look at it on that level, they mm-hmm. want it, they want division. They want to keep us apart, and they're giving us these. Sure. You know, right. It's like you know, white people in America are racist evangelicals. Black people, you know, they want white people to believe that black people are criminals and and this and that and the other. And it's like, dude, those are the out. Th- those are the ends. You know, most people live in between there somewhere. You know, um, yeah. And let's and let's be honest about that because. Um, because whenever we just avoid it, we're in a situation where we're not really doing anything, and that's not good either, right? Right. Um, because man, I know plenty of um, you know, I, I interact with people like you and the guys at Trackstar, and I see their their hearts, man, and I know that. Okay, that's not the case here. You know, that's not the experience that I'm coming across. So why can't I, you know, step up and back them up? Because that's easily what I should be doing, right? Because, um, like, like for you, for example, you're going out here, you're trying to make a difference, right? I mean, you're you're in Omaha, and I know you work with youth, and there's a lot of craziness going on. Talk about that a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, one thing I know, like, no matter how, um, how successful I become, I never want to be separated from my community. So, I intentionally work with the uh, innocent youth uh, of Omaha. Um, Omaha is a very, uh, it's been affected heavily by redlining. And so, if you don't, for the listeners who may not know what redlining is, it was um, a policy that a lot of banks had uh, in order to keep black or not even just black people, like minorities out of certain areas uh, of the city. Um, they would deny them uh, bank loans for home loans and stuff like that. So uh, so that they were all forced to live in a, uh, live in more impoverished areas. And so um, Omaha is super uh, affected by that, and it still, it still is pretty prevalent today. As far as uh, you know, you got uh, majority of Black people who live in North Omaha. You got majority of uh, Hispanic people living in South Omaha, and then you have a majority of White people living in West Omaha. Um, and so, it's a very, uh, very, very separated city. Um, but because of that. Um, the, uh, the, the black areas, this makes it more easier to police over police those. So we're, I think we're like one of five states, Nebraska, who like don't have a, uh, um, who don't have like a program in place to help with the disparity of arrests, um, and people in the, in the justice system. Um, and so, um, our 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 jail system, like our, our our juvenile justice system, as far as kids are on probation, um, is eighty percent black. Now, black people 
make up or black kids make up 14% of the youth population of Omaha, right? So when you look at um when you look at the disparity you when your entire juvenile justice system is 80% black um in order for there to be some type of equal uh, uh some type of to, to even that out it would it would need to um it would need to be reversed that you know what i mean it would need to be um since there's 80% white kids there should be 80% white kids in the juvenile justice system, if things are being equally policed, um, or if things are being equally addressed, if things, um, if everyone's having the same opportunities, um, if, you know what I mean? So if yeah. that was happening, that's what it would be. That's what, what, what it would, it should echo. Um, fortunately, that's not what it is. Um, and so uh, I do a lot of work um, trying to come up with alternative methods um, I work as an alternative to detention, so like to keep the kid out of, um, you know, uh, the juvenile center and, and all of that. Um, and I try to help them be successful in their own home, in their own community, um, because, you know, I, I just want to keep as many black kids as possible out of jail. Um, and so, yeah, so that's that's one of the things that I do uh, in our community. And man, that's, you know, if people just like look at it and think Omaha, Nebraska, that may not be what comes to mind initially, man. I mean, that tells you like kind of where we are as a country, right? I mean, you, you're talking about Omaha in the, in the heart of, um, America, right? Um, yeah. For, Omaha, yeah, it's crazy because, you know, Omaha, Omaha has the most millionaires per capita, right? Um, it's rated one of the best places for white families to raise their kids. Um, it's one of, uh, we got the College World Series, right? Yeah. Um, but it's like a tale of two cities because we have uh, in that same city where you got Berkshire Hathaway, you got Warren Buffett, you got um, the College World Series, you got the most millionaires per capita. You also have one of the most dangerous places for black males to live because of the homicide rate per capita. You got one of the worst places in America to live as a black person because of the rate of which um, black people are imprisoned uh, uh, or at the rate of where they're convicted and the rate of where they were arrested. Like, you, the, it's, it's so much higher. Um, and that's because of redlining, they were to put everybody in the same area and then you just over-police that area. You know? You just, you police are just having a field day over doesn't mean that less crimes happening somewhere else. It just means that they're not getting caught. Definitely. Definitely. And I think one thing we're seeing, you know, in the CHH space is more artists that are, you know, trying to bring this information out to the forefront. Right. Um, we've yeah. definitely seen that shift over the last, like say a couple of years. Um, how, how just like from a artistry, because I think, you know, that injustice has always been a part of the arts, right? Like, it's something that's that people stand up for that are in that creative space. Um, but it's it's a little unique within the, the Christian space, which is kind of sad. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if we were, you know, better at doing what we're called to do, maybe that wouldn't be the case. Um, 
Well, I yeah, go ahead. No, no, I I, I was just say like, how do you see what's happening from a national standpoint like this, and then what's going on in in cities across the country, and how it's impacting you know a space like CHH, you know, and, and how can I'll just stick with that with the with the space. Yeah. You know, how can the space be doing better in your opinion? You know, I, I would say how can the church be doing better, but I mean that's a right. that's an even bigger I love scale. This so. <laughs> I love this um here's the thing, bro. So like hip hop has always been about this. You know what I mean? Like this isn't something that's like it was created, you know, as a necessity for us to have a voice, right? For us to speak on our community, for us to speak on our experiences because a lot of that was being buried, right? And so it was an underground movement. We always, This has always been part of who we are. Here's what happened, though. When, when CHH, um, uh, CHH kind of went through this, uh, um, this reformed movement where... Um, you know, we've kind of we kind of shifted away from um, gospel um, and shifted away from like uh, a lot of the black church, right? And it started it started adopting some of the theologies from like a lot of white pastors. So like instead of like, and this is I'm not saying it's like a I'm not saying like one is better than the other when I say what I'm about to say. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying where this shift happened where I believe the shift happened. Um, so when people started quoting John Piper and uh, uh, who's a, a Mark Driscoll, or you, you start, po- you start quoting um, a bunch of these like reform leaders, right? James White, um, these big reform leaders, you start quoting them uh, and you start going to their, their, their festivals and you, you invited them to your, your uh your uh your conferences and um you know you're you're doing all this stuff right what comes with that is an influx of uh suburban um middle america fans right yeah that that were fans of those pastors oh man you got a shy lens who's now talking, you know, lyrical theology and, you know, like, uh, you got these super rich theological songs that are out, right? Um, you got Lil' Craig, man, a man named James White changed my life. You know what I mean? Like, you got, like, um, you got all of these people, you know, don't waste, don't want to waste my life with the John Piper. So you got all of these things that were brought in. Um, I, I, I remember reading a... Uh, I remember listening to a uh, somebody. Um, I forgot who it was. I think it was Catalyst. He had a Catalyst was. A, I think he goes by Kareem Manuel or whatever now. But like Catalyst had a um, clip uh, in the beginning of a song talking about how God hates you. Mark Driscoll's famous. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it had like they, we were just. It, it was all. The, it was just an influx of like reformed thought that came in. Um, which came with with reform pastors who were majorly majorly uh, were majorly white, and then you came in with um, the fans of just that, you know. And so when you when and that's and that was something that 
was being pushed forward for a long time. Cross movement was pushing it. Reach Records was pushing it. Um, uh, uh, who else was pushing? Lamp Mode was pushing it. Like it was just a very heavy thing, right? And um, so you have all these fans that come in here. Um, and so what happens is Trayvon Martin gets killed by George Zimmer, Zimmerman. And artists then begin speaking out on, uh, speaking out more about their experiences as Black people. They start speaking out more about the injustices um, because, look, it's right here, prevalent in front of your face. I don't know how you could deny, you know. Um, so then you put that out there and very quickly you begin to see, oh, just preach the gospel. Oh, you need to just do it like this. So you have people who don't have any idea of what hip hop was trying to tell us what we need to be doing with our own culture right you now have people saying um because they don't because they've never seen it they've never experienced it they've never lived it then saying because i've never seen it because i've never experienced it because i've never lived it you're lying yeah yeah and let me show you all the reasons why you're lying Black on black crime, right? As if crime doesn't happen in its own community everywhere, right? So like you start having these these things where it's like just this what you're telling me and what you're saying to me is uncomfortable. I don't come to you to hear about your experience. I don't come to you to, to see what you know, I don't come to you to find out what life is like for you as a black man. I come to you because you help me turn up at youth groups, at conferences. I come to you because you, uh, you know, you help me through my workouts. You, I come to you because I, I, I want to hear about Jesus and raps. And that's it. I don't want to hear nothing else. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a, that was, that's a big thing in our space that's, um, you know, we very quickly have found out, um, and you saw what happened to Lecrae, you know, you saw what happened to, because Lecrae was on top of the charts, he was on top of the world, you know what I mean? And we saw how much his influence went away when he started speaking out on things like this, you know? Yeah, and, and I, again, I think it comes back to situations that are not comfortable, and a lot right. of people just want to kind of smile and, and nod and get through it. Uh, and not really address it and um, maybe not ask the questions that will help them be a little bit more confident going forward. Um, so I, I want to try to do that here, uh, if you don't mind, because, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I, I feel like for me personally, I've, co I've come a long way. You know, initially there was some like, well, what was this mean? You know, and I had to do that talking you know with people um yourself included and what what would you say because i mean the the thing about hip-hop is that even the mainstream you know it's always had you know a large fan base that was white you know uh and it's definitely true within the christian space um so i think you've got maybe some people that are or, or some fans or kids whatever you want to say that look at it as okay, what I'm hearing is, is that I'm the problem, but I don't think mm -hmm. that I feel this way. How, you know, where do I go? You know, and it's, and, it, and it, it can be confusing. Like, and I think that one thing that I picked up on 
that people need to hear and, and hear it from someone like yourself is that, man, these, these kind of blanket statements that get made, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking about you, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and, but how do they differentiate that in the message? Right. Well, give me an example. Well, I'm just, so if, and, and I don't want to call, I'm not calling anyone out. I just think that this is no, a, no, an example that people know. If I am a fan of CHH and I'm following a Derek Miner on social media, right? And I get up one morning and I see Derek Miner saying, good morning to only black CHH. You know, how do I respond to that? You know, as a say, I'm a white teenager <laughs> that oh man, I love, but he 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 excluded me. I don't. And, yeah, and yeah. It's simple. I don't understand the meaning behind that. And whenever you read something on just a tweet, you don't get the context. You know, there's not an expl- explanation there. Um, like how how do we? Because I think that insecurity and that just unknowing adds to this whole issue that we're facing as a space and ultimately as the body of Christ as well. Right. Right. Well, I'll say this. I think largely um, black people are excluded from conversations. We're excluded from um, largely being excluded from uh, being acknowledged for certain things, um, largely being excluded from um Um, a lot of the things that like really, really matter, um, especially within CHAs. So, uh, so it's important, um, to like acknowledge each other, right? Because it's not a thing. Cause here's the thing, bro. Like, here's how I know, like, it's, it's been specifically black people speaking on their experience has been a problem because you could have somebody like NS coming that, you know, he's not talking about Jesus. He's not talking about any of that. But if you look at youth groups, you got, you got a bunch of NS lookalikes mm-hmm. all <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and that's you know a problem I mean? with playing. the space right there. Yeah. I walk, I walk into a youth group and like they're playing a song and he's like, Oh, this is why I hate myself. Like, I'm just like, what is going on? Like, but you don't have a problem with that. You have a problem. You, your problem isn't, and you don't. They don't even realize it. But your problem wasn't with. Um, um, your problem isn't with a lack of Jesus being acknowledged in the music. Your problem is um, uh, black Christians speaking on their race. Like you had a problem with that. That's what the problem is. Unfortunately, you know that's what it's been. So when a when a when a Derek Minor says. Um, you know, good morning to black CHH artists. Um, only, um, it's a thing of like, yo, like, I see you. It's a thing of like, this, 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 we, we, um, it's, it's not easy being here, right? It's not easy to daily have, you know, our experiences, um, or even just straight up facts, right? Straight up statistics, statistical evidence being completely negated. You know what I mean? Like, 
um, it's not easy, you know, to, um, you know, be called an, an N-word online and then you just have a bunch of white people telling you to ignore them. You know what I mean? Instead of like, <laughs> instead of saying, hey, this is wrong. No, man, just ignore him. He just wants to t- like, nah, like that's not a, like, that's not the right response. We, we've, we've been ignoring this for too long. That's why the, that's why people feel safe enough to say these things. So I'm just saying, so, so when, when those things are happening, it's not always a, Hey man, let's, let's keep white people out of this or, Hey, this is a, a racist thing or, or anything like that. We, we make up 14% of the, of the nation. You know what I mean? Like there's no black supremacy. There's no, uh, there's no any of that. So when when he's being when he's partial to black people, it's because like there's such a huge disparity here that uh, he's trying to acknowledge just us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and again, you know, I'm, it's it's not a shot at, at yeah. Derek Minor. No, you know, no, no, no. I'm just, an, I'm just an example there. Like right. But yeah. Just or, or anything like that. Like I said. I said, uh, happy Juneteenth to black people only, right? And I made a lot of people angry. <laughs> um, and I I didn't understand, like, what, like it's a thing of, like, if, uh, if a person says happy Hanukkah to Jewish, like, happy Hanukkah to my Jewish people, no one's like, oh, that's, why would you do that? Like, what? You don't need to add that part in there. No one's no one's saying that. When I say when I say uh, um, if I'm saying you know someone someone is uh, Hindu, they say Happy Diwali. No one's saying oh Happy Diwali to to my Hindus. If if no one's saying oh you don't have to add that part to it. But whenever it's black culture, right? Whenever it's something going on with black culture. And we and we address the, the creators and originators of the culture. Uh, I see a lot of white people get upset. <laughs> yeah, like they feel like they have they should have ownership of it. And it's to me, it feels. I'm just saying, like, but for, to me, it feels like that. Uh, that feels oddly familiar to me historically. Right. I, th- I think um, I think it com- like I say it, it comes back around to um, a lot of just not understanding really, and if we can fix some of that, like because we do, if we look at it just at face value, we miss some of that meaning. Miss a that, lot of the content. That, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, because you could see. I feel, I'm pretty sure that this was one that I saw. I can't remember who said it, but it was like one day you get a statement of we need, you know, from a black artist, we need our white brothers and sisters to come alongside us in this to help make things better. But then the next day something's happened and people are upset. And in those feelings, it's, I don't want to hear anything from white people on this, you know? And it's like, okay, as a white person and and I really think about the 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 younger fans of the space that mm-hmm. maybe can't you know mentally work through this yet you know where it's difficult for them it's like okay do you 
want my help or do I stay out of it? You know, like, and it's like, there's so much more and like, we need conversations happening like this and we need them out. Cause I think they're happening. I just don't think they're always happening where people have access well, let me, to let me, them. Let me ask you, you, know? ask you a question. Yeah. Is, uh, is, is white supremacy a black issue or a white issue? I would say it's a uh, a white issue. I would say it's a people issue, <laughs> a heart issue. Um, I don't think it's, you know, if, if someone's trying to lay fault of it at the feet of black people in America, that's messed up, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, so the thing is, uh, because, like, because it's not the fault of black people, right? Why are so many white people silent on white supremacy? It's a, it's a good question. I mean, I want to say maybe they don't really, truly see it. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. You have white people make majority of this country. White people, you do life with other white people. Um, so, they're, so, so the ways that they act or the ways that uh, they may have some blind spots as far as how their uh, how their um, privilege is being utilized every day because they're always within their own community, right? Um, they may not be doing life with black people, and so they don't see it happening because they're just around their, the same people. Um, it takes a person willing to to um, willing to see. You know, if I see a, a it, it's it takes when, that's why when people talk about being anti-racist, it takes a person to um, it's not enough to be just not racist. Like you got to be intentional about who you're doing life with. You got to be intentional about the things that you with things that you build. How inclusive are you? You got to be intentional with you know um, um, uh, calling out things that you see that like yo like. Hey man, we need to fix this. This isn't this. This is looking very, uh, very non non inclusive right now. We need to make sure this is this is we're being intentional about those things. Just the same as when I talk to you about what I do in my community, right? Right. right. Um, I'm very intentional on uh, trying to keep my people out of jail, but what comes with that is personal accountability as well, right? Um, yes, we're impoverished. Yes. You know, there's redlining, yes. There's racism, yes. All that, but you don't have to squeeze that trigger. You know what I mean? Like, there's still there's still a personal accountability. There's still I'm still doing everything I can to make sure that they're making better choices. You know what I mean? Because um, ultimately, it's on a person's choice. Um, there's other factors that make that choice easier, right? But it's still on a person to make a choice. So there's a personal accountability. So like. That same attitude, you know, I would hope would be in people when it comes to calling out these things within their community, you know? Yeah. Um, oftentimes, I, I've, you know, I've, I've witnessed it where they didn't think I was in the room. And, you know, you had some white person tell a racist joke. They said the N-word or something like that. And people laugh it off. And you know, maybe even awkwardly laugh it off. Like they just didn't know what to say. Maybe they didn't even agree with it. 
they might have not laughed at all, but it, but because there was nothing that was like, yo, that's not okay. Uh, things like that continue to happen, you know. Um, and so, um, and, I don't even know what know, the original question. <laughs> man, we're just talking, man. We, we're trying to maybe yeah. maybe come to something here, you know. Um, I th- I, and I think one thing that's important for people to maybe understand, oh, like, I'm sorry, as, yeah. Let me, Okay. I remember now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, bringing it back to, um, so when you hear, I don't want to hear anything from white people, it's not always about like, um, well, some of it is like, I don't want to hear right now because like, I'm hurting. Right, right. right. Um, so like, I don't, like, I need to be able to feel, right? And so I don't need you to continue, to come and ask me a bunch of questions while I'm going through this traumatic experience, like George Floyd was a very traumatic thing. Like, like seeing, seeing people because, because black people, we, we only make up 14% of the country. There's a, like, I don't know if you've ever noticed it, but like when you see, when a black person sees another black person on the street, especially if it's like, um, they don't get, you know, they're in an area where there's not a lot of black people. They're all, there's this bond. Like there's this, I see you, you see me, we're going to give each other a head nod and then we're going to, you know, we'll keep it moving. But it's a thing of like, I see you, I acknowledge you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you're, yeah. you know, um, and so when you see that on television where you got someone who was killed or you, you know, you watch, you know, some kid being shot or you watch, like you, when you see things like that, um, it's so emotional and so traumatic. Um, and I think, uh, even I think well-meaning white people, right? They just want to f- try to figure it out. But it's like, yo, I want to figure it out right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, yo, like this is pretty, and, 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 and don't necessarily take into account of like, oh, this has to be really hard for you. And and that was kind um, of what I was gonna kind of put out there too. Was I think one thing that, yeah. and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I might be kind of putting some words out there for you but um i think one thing that we need to understand is that someone like a jay crumb that you would love to wake up and not have to worry about this stuff that you would could wake up and just focus on music and and you know focus on your family and know that yeah 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 (laughs) ideally like yeah it's not like uh this isn't a thing of like I just enjoy being angry. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just enjoy, uh, you know, uh, it's, I don't even enjoy educating people on this. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't even enjoy, like, that's not a, it's not an enjoyable thing. You know what I mean? It's not like you feel better afterwards or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a thing of like, when a person does choose to, to speak out, oftentimes, it's because they are trying to hold on to some semblance of hope that like this can get better, you know? Um, I know like, at least for me, it was like, man, I hope this can get better, but I don't think it can get better with the silence. Um, and so, um, I'm going to speak out about it, but I'm not going to speak out about it passively. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I want to make sure we, we uh, talk about what's happening in street lights, so I, I, but this is a great conversation. I don't want to cut it short, but I do want to yeah, yeah, no maybe throw, you know, this one idea out here to you. Like if there was just one thing and it could be, 
you could take this for the, the Christian hip hop space or you could just take it for, you know, Christians in the church in general, whichever way you want to go with it. But like, if there's one just statement that you're going to make to, you know, whites, you know, white Christians and one statement to black Christians, whenever it comes to this whole relationship and, and honestly life that we're supposed to be doing together, like what's the one thing you're saying to, to everyone involved um, it, cause it, it, it may be the same statement. It may be two different things because of the, these backgrounds and these experiences that we're talking about. But what, what's the one thing you're saying that you hope connects with people so that maybe they make a change moving forward? Yeah. I think, I think understanding that's a person on the other side that you're talking to. Um, and, um, try to take it like, like go into it having love and empathy for that person um, who's hurt and speaking about their experiences, right? Um, because, like, you'll, you'll have a person who will pour their heart out just to be met with, oh, critical race theory is trash, or, oh, uh, <laughs> right. you know, I would care more about, I would care more about you if you guys care more about yourselves. So I hear that all the time. You know what I mean? So, like, um, so I think stuff like that, um, I under, just understand like the person you're talking to, um, is a person who's had real experiences, who have real feelings, who have, who has real trauma. Um, and if you're there to, if you're not there to listen and you're just there to try to prove something, you may as well just leave the conversation. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be what I would say. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Again, joining me on the five twenty collective phone line, we have Jay Crumb. He is the founder of Streetlight Sounds. Let's talk about that a little bit, man. You guys got some cool stuff happening. Um, you know, just what led to the creation of this collective? Um, you know, shout out the people on your team, all that good stuff. Yeah, um, shout out to. Uh, Cindy and Thomas and Mele and Kayla. Um, they like, there's no way I could be doing what I'm doing right now without them. And they're going crazy too. So I'm, uh, I'm really, I'm really happy with what they've been doing and I'm excited about what we got coming up. So, yeah. So, so how'd this whole thing come together? Because, um, you know, anyone that's followed you knows that you felt overlooked. Right. And, and like we said earlier, you know, you just said, okay, I'm not going to rely on others. I'm just going to start doing what I can. And, and I think not only what you could for yourself, but for the, the people that you really, you know, rock with as well, that you had that con special connection with. Um, and that ultimately led to Streetlight. And, I, you know, I've told you before, I feel like since you guys have made this move, um, you've, your, your creativity has even leveled up. Like you, you, you there's yeah. like this, like just feeling of freedom that comes across with it. You know, like you guys are you mm -hmm. know, breathing a little easier, I guess. Um, yeah. like, like just how, how did it go from, I'm, I, apparently people aren't seeing me to, to where you're at now. Yeah. Well, I think, um, 
I think the shift in the music industry uh, had a big part to do with it as well. Um, because it used to be, even in CHH, where you had to know somebody, um, you had to... Um, you had to get on a big block. You had to get on Rapzilla. You had to, like, there was some, you there was some inroads to be successful. Uh, there was some inroads to be successful in this thing, right? Um, now, because of this direct-to-fan thing that social media brought us, um, I don't need anyone, right? I don't need a cosign. I don't need those things help, right? And it, you know, it, it can help you skip ahead of the line on on certain things, right? If if, if the craze shouts me out tomorrow, that's going to help me, right? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people who, who are going to get eyes on it. But however, that's not the only way. Um, and it, there and it used to be a time where it was, right? Um, and so uh, for me, it was like, okay, I've been snubbed, I've been overlooked, I've been you know, uh, or, or at least felt that way. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I don't need any of this. Like, I can go direct to fan. I don't need another person's cosign. I don't need another person's um, validation, right? I don't need anybody, the people that I look up to and stuff like that. I don't need them to tell me. I don't need them to give me permission to keep doing what I'm doing, right? And I think a lot of times that's what we're looking for. We're looking for someone to give us permission. Um, and I said, nah, like, I don't need your permission. Um, I'm going to do this on my own. And, uh, you know, and so I think, uh, I think when that happened, uh, everything changed because now I'm not, I'm not navigating this thing in hopes that somebody notices me. I'm navigating this thing as being like, Hey, I, I'm going to, I'm, I just want to bring impact. Right. I'm navigating this thing with the complete freedom of like, I don't care who signs on for this because I don't need them anymore. Right. I think sometimes we, we write in a certain way. We, we, uh, we say things in a certain way, uh, because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to send or we don't want to close the door or we don't want to do those things. Right. Um, so there were certain things that I wanted to say in songs or there were certain avenues I want to do or I want to dive into this genre of music or whatever because I didn't want to like end up closing the door, uh, you know. And I was like, I, I don't need any of those doors. I'm going to go through the window, you know, like I'm I'm fine with that. Um, it may take longer to make it, but like it's my, I, my soul's intact, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and so... Yeah. Yeah. And so with, with, with Streetlight, um, just talk about like what people are going to see when they come there. Cause I think I, I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of people just think independent label is what it is, but that's not, that's not really the case. Not exactly. Yeah. It's, um, so it's a, it's an artist collective. So a lot like, uh, you could liken it to, to Indie Tribe. Like, uh, if there's anything in the space, I know people would, would identify with it would be that. So I would say you can liken it to that. We're a little bit different because we're also a creative agency. Uh, and we provide like, uh, independent, uh, independent, uh, services for indie artists. So I'm like, if you need a press release, you know, uh, comics is amazing. If you need somebody to help you with your ads, you know, that's me. If you need graphic art, we got you. If you need mixing and mastering, we got you. If you need beats, we got you. If you, you know what I mean? So it's like, 
uh, we're like a one-stop shop for independent artists um, to get a lot of what they need. Um, so, and I know that you drop a lot of um, just like I mean, really free tips and stuff um, as well for people. Um, I don't want this to necessarily be a focus, but I do want to make make sure we hit on. No, it's all good. Like, um, like when you talk about press releases and i mean you guys have a website and you have a mailing list and, and all this stuff like a lot of things that people that artists are thinking is oh i don't need to do that stuff anymore because i've got right you know my twitter account and my ig account and yeah, yeah. i'm on spotify and that's enough like why do you guys offer those services and why most importantly why are they still a viable thing a viable tool that artists need to be using yeah yeah, well, so, so like, um, we're all about fans, right? We're all about gaining fans. That's the ultimate currency, like, your fans. It's not about streams. It's not about followers. It's not about any of that. Can someone, can, can you drop, you know, a new merch item and 40 people jump on it within the first week and buy it? You know what I mean? Like, can you do that? It's about fans. You know, like, I know people uh, who, you know, they've gotten on, like, a Spotify, you know, playlist. They may have, it may have got a million, you know, a million of streams, but they can't sell a, you know, they can't sell hard tickets to a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and so we're all about fans. So, like, it's important uh, to get people into some type of direct-to-fan system to where you, and then while you're now you're nursing your fans, I'll give a perfect example. I have a single dropping um, tonight. I don't know when this drops, but when this episode drops, but I have a single drop in June 25th with Sailor the Corner. Um, because I, um, I've, I've done this whole rollout, right? Um, but because I have this direct to fan system, here's what I did. I sent a single early to everybody who's on my text list and everybody who joined my Discord. Um, and told them, don't share a link, but brag as much as you can, you know, about hearing the single early. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't a social media post. That wasn't a, uh, but, but it, cre it created this, uh, this, you know, fear of missing out online. So now it grew my fan list even more, right? Uh, it grew my, it grew my list even more of, of people that I can connect directly to because, um, you know, with social media, I got to worry about algorithm. Um, with a blog, I, got, I, you know, you might post it, but I don't know who's reading it. And I don't know how to follow up with who's reading it. Right. Because I don't have access to the analytics. I don't have access to the, to the uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what pixels you're using. Are you following up with people? I don't, like, I don't know any of that. And you're probably not going to give it to me if I ask you for it. You know, so like, uh, if I get onto a YouTube channel, like another person's YouTube channel, like that's all well and good and that's great. And I'm not saying don't do that. But what I'm saying is that's like, a, that's like people's only form of promotion. You know, mm -hmm. you'll partner up with a big, you know, blog and they might, they might promote your single. They might put it on their playlist. They might do all that, you know, for a cut, but you don't know how to follow up with those fans. Like, they're not signing up. You don't have an email list for them to sign up to. You don't have a text list for them to sign up to. You don't have a Discord for them to join. 
you don't have a you know what i mean so right, it's just right. a it's like it's like you're not it's, it's so much of like this cosine uh thing because you'll see other people oh 150,000 streams 100,000 streams 250,000 streams but like they 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 don't have any merch out they don't have a list they don't have, like it's just a it's just a you, we get so we celebrate vanity numbers when it has nothing to do with like our fan base. It has nothing to do with building something like that. And so, um, yeah. So that stuff's got to, you know, something's got to give there because um, this is. Uh, and and this is all stuff that you can learn from J Crum and as Street I says that you got you got something in the works too, right? Right, right, right. So I got, yeah, I have a, I have something in the works that I'm I'm launching uh, the beginning of August. Um, that's going to help a lot of of independent artists. Um, I kind of kind of giving them a behind the scenes of some of the things that I've been doing, but um, but it's something I, I know it's going to help. Um, and I'll be dropping I'll be dropping a whole bunch of like nuggets and information in July about that as well. So. Awesome. Just be looking out for that. Yeah, where, where do where do they need to um, be following to get that info? So, so you can sign up for my email list at jcrumbmusic.com. Um, and then you can also um, make sure you follow me on all my social media. Turn on post notifications. If you want to, you can also text me. Um, I'll give you my number real quick. Let me see. But uh, uh, you can also text me at four zero two. Uh, 389-3248 that's what's up so make sure you guys are going and following and supporting for real so um, cool cool things happening from Street Life South I know you guys got some big plans for the second half of the year right yeah big 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 plans we got uh, yeah I can't say too much I can't <laughs> say too much but we got some we got, we got some really cool uh, group things going on with us so well, along those lines, let me ask you, how, how did you know that, like, Thomas Iannucci and Cinny were the right artists to get into this whole, or to bring into this whole streetlight thing? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I know when I, when I wanted to, to launch Streetlight, um, last year, I knew, um, cause I've done groups and stuff like that before, um, try to build teams and all that. So, like I said, when I talked about earlier in the, in the thing, there's been a lot of failures that I had to learn from. This is one of them. So, I knew when I wanted to build this time, it was, um, I wanted to use, I wanted, I wanted, I had three things that I kind of put as far as, like, criteria. First, had to be character. Like, you gotta be a person of integrity. You gotta be a person who uh, puts others above yourself. You gotta be a person who um, you know, is involved with family who loves God. Like these are things that need to be there. Second, uh, was, uh, drive hunger. Like you had to be a person who wanted this. You had to have the work ethic. You had to have the, you know, the desire to make this happen and the drive to, to go. And so, uh, and then after that, we have talent. So those are the three things. Talent was third. I had to make sure I didn't put talent in the front, right? Because if you pick talent uh, without any of those other two, you're just in a you're in a you're in for a headache. 
those were the mistakes I made before. I had a bunch of talented people who either didn't have drive or didn't have character. And it was, uh, <laughs> it was a nightmare. You know what I mean? And yeah. so, um, the, those who had drive didn't have the character. Those who had the, the character didn't have the drive, you know, just kind of like, you know, it's whatever, you know, <laughs> we're having fun and all that. It's like, ah, oh, no, like <laughs> we, we can't do that. So with these guys, they have all that. And, uh, so that's how I knew they were a great pick. Um, Mele was actually the first one. She's the COO. Uh, I made her the COO of the company because I knew we needed someone who, um, wasn't like an artist who wasn't a musician or anything like that. Because, uh, when you have just all musicians trying to make this thing go without someone there, uh, from kind of the, not necessarily outside looking in, but kind of like, uh, making sure we're checking all the boxes. Um, that's what we needed. And so that's why I wanted to make her, um, see all. Yeah, man, that's what's up. She's great. Yeah, I mean, you guys, I mean, you just see what you've done already, man. You know, it's super inspiring. I mean, I, if if independent artists are not watching what you guys are doing and taking notes, man, you, you're missing out. I mean, like, you know, we talked about all the different things they could be doing to build an audience. I think there's also opportunities to watch people like yourselves that are making these moves and learn from that as well. And... I mean, there, there, there's so much opportunity here to to learn, you know, and, and to be doing. And we got a lot of artists that are lazy and they're missing out, man, um, which is it, it can be frustrating because you can't complain about you're not where you know you, you haven't um, went viral or blown up or where if you're not if you're just sitting on your hands, you know. Um, so, man, no, I, I love it, dude. I love that you guys are setting that example. Um and then obviously people can go to the streetlight website as well, right? Streetlightsounds.co. Yep. That co. Yep. 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 So go on there and they can check out those services, check out what's happening with the music. Um, you got cool videos on there where you're talking about some of this stuff as well, the, the free game videos. Yep. So yeah, you can do that. Or you can also, you can also join our uh, discord too. It's uh, under the streetlight. Or if you go to the website, it has a link right there for you to go to. Yeah, um, man, and I'm in that. Where I drop a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. We <laughs> drop uh, we drop other tips on there from time to time, and um, there's a place to promote yourself, and we talk studio talk and all that type of stuff as well. So yeah, man, no, it's cool, man. It's it's been uh, you know, you haven't had it up very long, but there's already you know some good conversation happening on a regular basis in there, which is. Yeah, um, pr- pretty awesome. Pretty awesome to see, you know. Um, yeah, man. Well, man, Jay Crumb, I appreciate you hopping on the Beyond the DMs podcast, man. I know I want to be um, just conscious of your time. Uh, I know we've been going for for a while now, so. Um, but you're you're welcome to come back on anytime, man. You got something you want to talk about? You know what it is. Just just hit me up, and we'll make it happen, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate what you and the team are doing. Uh, excited to see where God is going to take you know your efforts moving forward. Because I know there's big there's big plans, man, and, and people need to get behind it. And, and I'll you know. I'll, I'll throw that banner up for you. So, oh, brother, I appreciate you. Thank you. 
Yeah, man. So make sure you guys go with support. Follow the social media accounts. Go to the website. Um, do what you can. Um, again, shout out to 520collective.com for sponsoring this episode of Beyond the DMs. Um, you can get information on what's happening, you know, not only at Streetlight Sounds, but across independent Christian hip hop on 520collective.com. So make sure you check that out. Uh, join our Discord server as well. We've got uh, a lot of cool things happening from people from all over the space, artists, producers, fans, media. Uh, so jump into that conversation and we got cool live shows that we're doing on there, but, uh, tune in, uh, to the next episode of beyond the DMS. I, it's not ready yet, but I know it's what's coming and it's going to be a fun one, but I appreciate y'all listening to this episode and we'll see you on the next one.